Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno, an hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon and good evening and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night is because we are so lucky to have people all over the world listening to our program. Um, we've got people at different universities that are studying business who are also listening to this program. We have speakers from international um, countries that uh, come on to our program. And also we have a lot of local um, business people that we um, interview regularly on the program or we have a conversation with regularly on the program. And this morning, uh, this afternoon, I have a special guest that I'll introduce you shortly. And uh, I just want to say Happy New Year to everybody. I hope that uh, 2021 is like your 21st birthday party when everybody's looking forward to it. And I hope it works out really well for you. I know that some people last year didn't have the best of years. But on the other hand, the people who planned, the people who changed quickly, and this is the game name of the game today, the people who change, the people who adapt are the ones that survive. And that's the same like in nature. Everything, the, the whatever has changed and adapted to change, that's what survives. Now, um, in business today, more than ever before, it's so important to adapt and change very quickly. Things are changing faster than it's ever changed before, so we need to change with it. Now, today, I have a special guest, uh, Rex Buckingham. Rex, welcome to the program. Thank you, Peter. Nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you here, Rex. Rex and I have been friends for a long time, and he's been a business consultant. So tell us all the things that you do, Rex. Well, that's, you know, that's I, I think we we'll only have 15 minutes, Peter, that's so right. I'll have to, <laughs> have to give you the abridged version. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've been working uh, in matters of behaviour, really, most of my life, mm-hmm. and that's about business. And you started off by saying start, build and increase. Yep. And so what I've been doing for most of my life is either starting, building and increasing my own businesses or helping people to do that for their businesses. Exactly. And that's what this is all about. And in, in uh, 2021, a lot of people are going to restart their businesses. A lot of people are going to relook at their business and work out where they're doing and why they're doing it and why they're in business and, and what do they have to do to remain in business. And, and the, more importantly, there are a lot of people that will be starting businesses this year. There will be a lot of people. And rather than just do the same old, same old, I say to people, get a mentor, get a coach right at the beginning. Look at what you're doing and look at why you're doing it and how you're doing it. And so whatever you're doing, just say, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is there a better way of doing it? And that's what Rex can help us with. Well, Peter, I've written a book. Yeah, good on you. That's Uh, what I want to talk about today. Good. Well, I I started... um, my life uh, in a very uncertain way, mm-hmm. uh, but in corporate life. Mm-hmm. And uh, then 45 years ago, I went into self-employment. Yep. So over that period, I've started up four new businesses at mm-hmm. the same time as I've been consulting. Yep. But I've consulted about just about any industry you'd like to think of. Well, the funny uh, thing, it's the same thing, isn't it? People think, oh, my business is different, but business is business. <laughs> business is people. Yes. And business is not owning all the thinking. And so... What I needed to do, and I started this 25 years ago, I started mm-hmm. my book, yep. I did all the architecture yep. and it lasted about a week and I got, got bored and I was busy. Yep. And so I, I found a publisher about uh, four months ago mm-hmm. and in 
just under two months, so yep. I, I wrote 60,000 words. Fantastic. Uh, all the words that you just have been saying so far <laughs> is what it's about. Yes. Okay, so if you want to know what the book's about, it's all the things that Peter said. So when Peter says life has changed, we all know that. Yes. The trouble is our mind would take us back to do the same things as we used to do. We're creatures of habit. We tend to do we when when push comes to shove and you, somebody goes boo we all go ah! yeah <laughs> you know and that's just habit. Once again, I'm not quite sure if Peter's read my book yet, but he seems to be preempting <laughs> most of what I'm going to say. So this might only be a seven minute segment. <laughs> no, but seriously, even though we know it's not working, even sometimes we know it wasn't working before. It seems to be a habit of of human nature to push back on people wanting to give us help. Mm. And so what I'm saying in my book, um, and my book is aimed at individual people mm -hmm. as for families and for businesses because I believe all of it comes together as one, yeah. is that in fact if you are currently employed as an employee, now might be a good time to think about, in fact you might even be thinking about going into self-employment. You might have found that the company you're working for hasn't been doing so well and you might be yeah. starting to think well, maybe I need to go to self-employment. So I talk about the benefits mm -hmm. and the disbenefits of being employed, about being self-employed, about uh, maybe taking up a franchise, uh, maybe pay taking in partners, all the pros and cons. So you, you get a Excellent. chance to think it through before you take a step. Okay. So before we go any further, what's the name of the book? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The book is the, the book's just gone to the publisher for the final proof. Okay, and uh, I'm doing the final proof on the name. Okay, excellent. Uh, so what they have to do then they have to keep listening to Happy Business Radio, and we'll tell them next week or the week after. Well, exactly. Uh, I uh, I sent you a note saying that yes. uh, it'll be twenty nine ninety five. Yep, and that for listeners of the program, if yep. that's okay, to, yes, get, to, yep. get, to give them a, to give them a special, would make it available at twenty dollars. Yep. Um, so the book's going to be available through uh, Happy Business Radio at $20 a book, which is normally $29 or $30, uh, $29.99. So um, anybody that gives me a ring or sends me an email or a message on my Facebook uh, will be able to get that book for $20. Yeah. And you can pre-order the book now and we will make sure that you get a copy as soon as we um, come off the press. Yeah, the, the name of the book will be something like Leadership Behaviours. Yep. But uh, you know that old commercial, but wait, there's more. Yep. <laughs> on, the, on the front of the book, it tells you that when you pay your 30 bucks, or in the case of this uh, of, of listeners here, you pay your $20, yep. you also get an hour of my time. And so that and that's would be, worth a lot. Uh, that that's, uh, tells you the book it's worth yep. $350 an hour. Yep. And that's face-to-face -face if it's if you're handy to Adelaide, mm -hmm. uh, otherwise by Zoom or by phone. Yep. But you get an hour with me to help to understand some of the concepts that I'm talking about because Excellent. the concepts I have are quite different to what you're going to hear most times. Yep. Well, the, the thing about this is that I know um, I do a lot of coaching, like as you know, with, with businesses and, you know, I call it laughter, laughter therapy, but it's all to do with anxiety and stress. And, yep. and this year there's been a lot of, or this last year, there's been a lot of people with anxiety and stress and leading up to Christmas, leading up now. And even now in January already, I've had a half a dozen calls saying, I'm not too sure how we're going to pay the bills, yep. you know, what's coming up and I'm not too sure what's happening with life and, and business and, and uh, should I keep going? So yep. a couple of people just this morning, actually, I spoke to somebody who's <clears throat> very stressed out about what's happening at the end of January yeah. or between now and the, even the end of January. And I said to them, look, there's 
couple of very simple things to do just to relax. The most important thing is just to relax and we'll look at it, you know. So um, we'll be sitting down, you know, and going through that. But your book is really about leadership, isn't it? And it's about self-leadership more than anything else, isn't it? <clears throat> the book starts off with what I call foundational skills of communication. Yep which helps us to reprogram ourselves in the way we talk to ourselves mm -hmm. and how we communicate with other people. So that when other people come up to us wanting to, to give us information, mm -hmm. we have different ways that we can, we can handle that input. So again, Peter, you've been talking about habits. So yep. much of our life is run by habits, so much of our life is run by patterns, mm. and so much is by sentences. If you think about it, a lot of people go home at night time and they, and they greet their partner each night with the same sentence. They wake up in the morning and the same sentence comes out and we just have all these sentences. Well, these sentences are the things that lead us into happiness and sometimes lead us into unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So I talk about changing our sentences, which change our patterns, which change our habits. Right. See, another thing you were saying just then, we have a, a tough year coming up. Yep. What that tough year is doing is it make, it's making people understand that they've been having tough years, mm. but right now that tougher year has brought it all to a head. Yes, yes, so, well, that's what happens with a lot of people. They leave things to the last minute. Like instead of saying, look, what can I do now to make things easier for me? How come, look, you know, there's a couple of business people here that have looked around and said, look, you know, if uh, the, the, this Ro Romeo Foodland have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stores, how come they have grown over the last 10 years, right, to nine stores with other people have closed down stores yep. or other people have actually been able to, uh, you know, uh, not grow their business at all and, and they're just doing the same old, same old. So what are they doing that's allowed them to grow? And then we say, um, what are other businesses doing and what can I do now to, to look at, the growth. Now, I'm not saying that everybody wants to grow their businesses to 10, 20, 30 stores, you know, but, you know, we're giving free publicity here to Romeo Food, but they're one of our sponsors anyway. But the fact is that when you look at that store and you look at what they've done over the last, you know, nine, 10 years, where most people say the last 10 years were pretty tough in business and they have grown and grown and grown. And that's just one business. But then I could name a whole lot of others who have done the same thing. Yeah. You know, we've got international businesses who have come to Adelaide and have grown, or to Australia, not just to Adelaide, but to Adelaide and Australia, and have grown five or six different stores and are growing more. We've, we've had international companies, hugely successful international companies, such as another company, I, yep. I won't mention them perhaps, yep. but we all know it's growing. And they were successful. Then another bigger company came yep. to Adelaide, bought all this, all these sites, mm -hmm. and uh, even started building some. Yep. And then pulled out. Yes. They recognised that the competition was so strong. Yep. And they recognised through their their, um, their their I guess mature thinking. Their forward planning. This That's marketplace right. isn't as easy as we thought it would be. So getting yep. back to Romeo's, who, yes. who's our local, yes. uh, our, our, our own local grocer. You go in there and you talk to any staff, they answer you quickly, they take you to the goods you want, mm -hmm. they are helpful, receptive, they yep. have a great range of product. There's no reason to go somewhere else. Yes. Well, this is this is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to give free publicity to somebody, but I'm giving praise where praise is due. And the fact is, like you just said, some, some multinational companies come and have a look and then they think, whoa, whoa, whoa this is not our plan. You know, we can't do this. and But then other people, uh, you know, just say, I'm going to fight on, I'm going to make this happen, you know, build it and it will come, you know. But well, that's that's crap thinking. That's really bad thinking. Again, you, you've been right on the spot there. 
build it and they'll come sometimes yeah. works. Yes. But build it and don't do anything about it and let it depreciate <laughs> and have the, have the light globes falling yeah. out and you have less stock because you can't afford it. That's right. People don't come and they don't come in droves and they don't come back because the well, competition is so it. strong. They yeah. see it. They yeah. see it straight away. You walk into a restaurant and there's like 10, 15 people there. You think, oh, yeah. But if there's 30 or 40 people there, you think, wow. How often in, do you go down any of the streets and you see empty restaurants oh, next to full, full restaurants? restaurants yeah. yeah, and and this is one thing. Talk about energy and talk about uh, people and talk about the the way that people greet you and you know whatever. People will go back to a restaurant where they had a really good service, right? And then they say, "Oh, that's a great restaurant," but it wasn't really the great restaurant. It was a great waiter. You know, we'll say waiter, waitress, you know, the person who served them was fantastic. Yep. You know, sometimes the food is great, but we, I've got a really good example here where um, at the end of last year, some friends of mine were in, in, um, in the city and we went to a particular restaurant and I thought, look, that was a good old, old Italian restaurant. I said, let's go there. Now, I went there not knowing it's been taken over by different organisation. Um, it's not Italian anymore, so the restaurant's changed. I thought, oh... We looked at the menu and it looked pretty good. We looked around and the food and it looked pretty good. I said, okay, let's try it. We're here now. Let's try it. So what we did, we actually sat down and ordered the meal. And the meal came out. It was fantastic. It was actually very good. And we looked around and thought, wow, this is, you know, good. Anyway, about three weeks later, it just happened. The same couple that I was with before happened to be in town. And the guy says, I want to go back and I want to have that other thing that was on the menu because I, I want to try that as well. I said, all right, let's go. We went back to that same restaurant, right, and I, the food was crap. That were food was crap. So I'm thinking, what the hell? What happened was, I think it was a different chef on that night, right? And they just took the fish out of the freezer and threw it straight into the fry pan and cooked the outside of it. The inside was still raw. Uh, the beef was the same, and the the meat that we had was like not very good. And on the bone, it was still blood dripping from it, yeah. and the outside was charred. And I thought, obviously, they had a different chef. <laughs> It's, you one know, of, it's one of the funny things. People see a good business yep. and uh, they buy it. Yep. And the first thing they want to do is change it. Yep. Well, that's the, the silly thing about it. Years ago, and even recently, people put up a sign under new management. Yes. And, and they've paid thousands of dollars extra for goodwill. And then they put under good under management. The only time you should put under new management, if the business has been run down, if the business has been run down and it's very run down, then you say, right. Guys, come back to us because we're under new management. You know? so, so Peter's given you quite a good lead-in to the book that he's offered you at a, at, at a better price. Yeah, <laughs> look, we'll come straight back and we'll uh, talk to you in a minute. We'll just talk, talk to our sponsors at the moment. Hi, I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, a family-owned and operated business for 19 years and counting. Our showroom and coffee machine workshop is based in Adelaide City Centre, where we showcase coffee machines, all types of coffee accessories and complimentary products, as well as five of our very own coffee blends, including our most popular Dolce Vita blend. Fine Choice Coffee Solutions is SA's home and authorised service centre for the fully automatic Euro coffee machines. Our staff are friendly and welcoming, and always looking forward to meeting new customers so come and say hi at 264 Gilbert Street in the city or you can shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au Gallipo Foods dal 1983 l'IDA australiano nella vendita di distribuzione di una vasta gamma di generi alimentari tra i quali il prosciutto Spears dal gusto unico e delicato al palato 
innovazione, professionalità e forte rapporto con dipendenti, clienti e fornitori. Fanno di Galipo Foods uno dei distributori più grandi, rispettati e premiati in tutta Australia. Galipo Foods, stima, fiducia e qualità. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno. You're listening to Happy Business with Peter Saluno on Radio Italia Uno. I just want to say thank you very much to all our sponsors. Of course, um, we wouldn't have a show without our sponsors and uh, please support the people that support us. And uh, we are more than happy to look at uh, helping you to promote your business. So if you want more um, this year, uh, more clients coming through your door, please talk to us. Ring us up at uh, Radio Italia Uno. Talk to Martha and uh, more than happy to help you with a very good way of uh, promoting yourself or your business to the Adelaide public and all the other people that are listening to us. So um, we have Matt. G'day. Welcome, Matt. Good to be here. Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year, Matt. Good to have you back in the studio with us. And um, hope you can add a lot to it this oh, year. Well, a couple things that I noticed. By the way, I'd like to have a baritone contest with uh, Rex. <laughs> with Rex. Rex is he here. He truly has the voice for radio. Hello, yeah. hello. <laughs> but... Uh, and you have the face for radio. Yes, so. <laughs> thank you. You often remind me. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Or as just, Chevy Chase would say, thank you very little. Yeah, thank yeah. you very little, just yeah. where we're not on television. But uh, <laughs> there's a couple things that I heard that I wanted to comment on. Uh, actually, a bunch, but uh, mm-hmm. two that popped out is when, you, when you know, when I always hear business owners say, I don't want to grow my business. So I don't want it to be this big, successful business. I always think of the guys that look at uh, other guys in the gym and go, i don't want to be that big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get muscle bound. Oh, no, I don't want, I don't, I don't want pecs like that and lats like that. Well, so I, I think that is, I mean, some people, true enough, you know, don't want the responsibility and want to have a flexible business where they can have the lifestyle. But I think a lot of people, most, most business people are in business because they want to build. They're yes. builders. You know, they've got a vision. You know, and they want to dr- and they want to bring people along on that vision. Well, I think that's what it's all about. I mean, most people that are in business, the only reason why they say they don't want to build it because they don't know how. Mm. They're afraid. Mm. The fear of failure is as much as a fear of success. Mm. You know, and the people don't know what to do. But if mm. they thought that their business, by putting in a manager or by managing it differently, could take off and they could be working behind the scene instead of in it and mm. on the business mm. instead of in the business, all of a sudden I think, well, okay, how do I do that? Mm. And that's when we've got them. That's when we're coaching them. Mm. You know, Rex, you've um, obviously been a coach in a business for a long, long time. Um, what part of the book is it, talks about that? I address the fact that not everybody is suitable to work for themselves. Yes. 
And because your mate is and he's very successful doesn't mean that you are. Yes. It also doesn't mean that your spouse is ready to work for you <laughs> while you're in your business because they're used to having the check come in. Or the son or daughter. You might, you or, might, or they, you might not be ready for your spouse to be your boss at work and at home <laughs> as well. Right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it, it changes all the dynamics. Well, we're just, and just before you go on, yeah, yeah. the other thing is that, in fact, I'm currently working with one of my bigger clients to hold them at a certain size. Yes. Because to go to the next size means a whole lot more fixed Expansion. costs, mm. which just fixes them into more time, more liability, yep. where they're making money and he's visiting, he has his children with him and he's spending time with the family. He has great balance and he's putting in a perfect product. Yep. So my biggest challenge with this particular client is keeping him from the natural desire to want to be seen to build. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. say things like, oh, wouldn't you want to be as big as that guy? Yeah. And he's now been practising in front of the mirror. No, thank you. Yes. Mm. Avis, uh, no, um, Budget. Yes. Uh, uh, Reg Anset's son's company. Mm-hmm. He was often asked, don't you want to be bigger than Avis? Mm-hmm. He said, I want to be a perfect number two. Mm. Mm. Yep. But the thing is, um, the, the, the problem with a lot of people um, that I find is they don't know how to delegate, right? They think they have to control everything and they're the ones that have to be there. Yet the biggest companies in the world always put in two or three managers, mm. right? And that, you know, like... I, There's you know, no way that Jack Welsh knew how to make an MRI machine. No, but no what way. I'm saying is, you know, look, <laughs> look, look, Donald Trump, you know, the most famous person in the world at the moment and still, you know, fighting to win an election that had gone but what happened is he still runs 120 companies so how did his companies run for the four years that he was in white house that means he must have had the right managers the right people and the right deputy managers or ceos or whatever you like to call it now he can't visit all those companies it'd take him you know every day of the week he'd have to be at a different company basically because the number of companies he's he owns and to sit on a board of all those companies he needs to have be on those board meetings he's got 120 companies there's 120 board meetings you know so he can't be at those board meetings but what he does he puts the people there at the board meeting and then they report to him or they report to somebody else who reports to him so he still knows what's happening. He's still got his finger on the pulse, but he's not physically there himself. And when you explain that to somebody here, like a builder that's running, you know, trying to build 10, 20, 30 homes and all of a sudden has to try and get all these supervisors and everything else and when they're trying to do it all themselves, they go crazy. Mm. They just can't, mm. you know. Well, the, they, they've got to – the challenge is you've got to find the right people. Yes, and the cha- and the secondary challenge is, or just as big a challenge is, you've got to have the leadership skills to inspire and manage those people. I mean, well, that's, that's what Rex's book is about: right. leadership, that's, isn't it? That's the deal. You see, Donald Trump is, as we all know, unique <laughs> because he is command and control mm-hmm. in his presidency, but he must have found a way to allow those people in the companies to operate for a period of four years. Mm-hmm. So that's quite unusual. But command and control is the biggest single enemy we have, not just in business, but also in the homes. You know, the arguments that happen in the homes are because someone wants to be command Mm -hmm. and no one likes to be controlled. So uh, my book goes through a lot of different techniques to identify your your way of being, how you've been in the past and what you can do to change it. And so um, it's not as easy ever as it sounds. 
Go, go on, Matt. Uh, I was just sitting in awe of Rex and listening, <laughs> listening carefully. I was no, too. But I, 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 and thinking about my own past in business and uh, and uh, domestic situation. <laughs> well, the funny thing about it, you mentioned, Matt, that finding the right people. Yeah. There's, there's one particular client that, I, you know, I won't mention any names, but one particular client that I've been actually trying to work with or been working with for over five years now. And every time I say I'm not doing any more for you, he calls me back. You know, I, I seem to take him to the next level. And then he, he argues, 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 and then drops down and he take him up to the next level. It's like a staircase. You know, we're going mm -hmm. up one step, then we go up yep. two steps, yep. then we go back one step, then we go up two steps, back one step. But what happens is he keeps telling me, and his favourite phrase is, I'm surrounded by idiots. Mm. I'm surrounded by idiots. This guy was doing this and he doesn't know what he's doing. This guy tells me he's really good and he doesn't know what he's doing. The trouble with him is he just does not know how to let go. Mm. He doesn't know how to delegate. He doesn't know or he put the wrong people in yeah, charge. That's the big one. It's yeah. not about, you know, uh, not delegating or delegating, but it's delegating to the right people. No wonder you're surrounded by idiots. I say you're the idiot that hired him. Mm. You're the idiot that put him in charge. Mm. Why would you put this person in charge? Why not that person? Mm. Or the, why the, not the, that person? The thing, Peter, is most cases they've actually hired the right person. It's just that they don't know how to work with a person they've hired. Yes. Mm. So the person who's really good at the beginning becomes less because they get demotivated. Mm. They get second thought. They get command and control behaviour. Mm. They get taken down in front of their, their staff. They mm. get, so the challenge, when, uh, um, I used to own a recruitment company and when I was talking to people who were leaving a company in, in the exit interview, mm. they'd say things like, the job was nothing like I was told it was mm. going to be. Yes. Nothing. <clears throat> or they'd say the the culture was so toxic, I never felt like I was able to work in the company. Yes. That would be maybe 80% of the responses, yeah. those two different things. So really good people are put into companies that just aren't ready for them. Well, I, I found, yeah, I found um, at the end of last year, I found that I had to go into a couple of companies and say, no, no, I said to the boss, I said, you tell me exactly what is this supposed to be exactly what is he supposed to be doing what's her job what's her job description they said well he's supposed to do this 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 i said but that's not what you hired them for mm. you know you hired this guy to do this and now you're asking him to do that 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 and that just because he's better than what you know you were looking for he can do all of this why don't you then give him the responsibility of doing that don't you keep going in there and say why are you doing this why are you doing that or why haven't you done this why haven't you done that he said well I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do this, you know. And mm. I said, you, you have to have job descriptions. Mm. And it was a, like it was foreign knowledge to him. Yeah. It was total foreign knowledge. Well, everything that Rex says is a radio show on its own. Yeah. You know, I was just <laughs> just jotting this down. But, I mean, as a leader, you know, I, I, I read somewhere, I don't remember where, but the, as a CEO, your, your job is to manage the atmosphere and the values of the organization. Mm. And... And that is so key. He's talk to, talking about a toxic atmosphere. The, the leader needs to manage the atmosphere. And part of that is what you were saying, Peter, is having clearly defined roles. Yeah. You know, I mean, and we can get into socioeconomic trends and all this kind of stuff about why our culture is all mixed up right now. But I think everybody agrees it's because men and women don't, aren't 100% sure of their roles right now, you know, as far as in the home. 
you know, so they're, they're, they're starting to cross over and it's the same, and the same, and that causes a lot of friction mm-hmm. and that's the same thing in the workplace. I mean, Bob wants to know, this is my, this is my little fiefdom. This is my, <laughs> you know, my responsibility and I'm going to make sure that it's done correctly and perfectly. He needs to know, he needs clear, just like with children, they mm-hmm. need clear parameters, clear guidelines, exactly. except you don't let, treat them like they're children. You treat them like they're empowered. And like you do if you're a good father, you like, empower your children yeah. to take care of themselves. It, it really is not about treating them. It's about actually. Actually believing it. Yeah, I, yeah treating yeah. is a bad yeah, word. Yeah, you're you, right. You, you hear people say things like, uh, I need to get the team on board. Mm. And you I need say, to get on their bandwagon, and, and, and like Stephen Covey says. You need to listen to your team, yeah. Yeah. You know, because as, as long as you want them on board, you're telling them what you want them to do. Mm. And I know with my experience, those people who don't feel confident enough will agree with you, mm. and you'll never know what they actually thought. Mm. And so you wonder why your really good strategy doesn't work. It's because as soon as you left the room, they all, they all said, here we go again. Yeah. This yeah. is never going to work. Yeah. No one ever asks me. I mean, they, they would be oh. the three most common conversations you hear. Mm. The other day, Peter, I was yeah. Mark, I was in, the, in an elevator and um, there was this chap, I'm a, I'm a bit of a hello, how are you sort of guy. There's this guy in the elevator and he's looking really stressed. And I said, hi, you're looking really stressed. And he said, yes, I'm going to yet another blip, blip, blip meeting. And I said, you're not looking forward to the meeting? He says, we have these meetings, no one comes prepared. He talks all the time, no notes are taken, we leave, no one knows what's happened, waste a day, but we pretend something happened nice and we all shake our hands and off we go. I I was in a company at one time and I used to say, I am meeting man. (laughs) Because that's how I felt. I felt, dude, let me go, let me do some work. I don't want to be in every, uh, all these meetings. In you March know? this year, in, <laughs> in, in March of last year, just before we went into lockdown, just before we went into lockdown, we had this uh, beginning of the year, it was February, March, and in the beginning of March, um, they had this big seminar, right? And uh, I'll have to say it was a, a, a corporate company, a, a big corporate company and a partial government department. These guys that I was talking to just before I went in to do my session on the seminar they said, oh, yeah, I could hear them talking, you know, and sitting down having coffee and breakfast and that. And they said, this is ridiculous. Like, we've done this, like, the last three years. Nothing ever changes. That's what they were, that's what they were saying before they went in, mm. right? They said, we've done this three years in a row. Nothing never changes. Last year or two years ago, they had some big corporate person come in to do the same sort of workshop that I was doing mm. and cost them, like, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars to get this guy from overseas to come here and do do a survey on the company and their different departments, and then present it at the seminar. He said, "We spent all that money, you know, three years ago, and not one, not one of those things have been implemented." Mm. You know, and and that's what they were saying before we went into breakfast. Then I our, wish the tax office had that attitude. Well, anyway, <laughs> the the point is that when, when they we, say they're going to audit people, yeah, <laughs> that's a different thing. Mm. But you know, like when we came out, because what I did with them was a practical example of yeah. teamwork and team yeah. building. Yeah. They thought, and you know, I got some really, really good comments to say that was the first time that they actually got to participate mm. rather than being told what to do. They actually yeah. got participated because all I do is just ask a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, well, one but, of the things that you know, both oh, one of the things that both of you uh, 
I, I would like to bring something up real quick here, All right. but I think we're up on a break. Look, right, let's have right a break. Away. Let's have a break. Remember, write that down because I've got a couple of things we've got to come back to. So we're going to go back to a break with uh, our station sponsors and our program sponsors. So thank you very much. By the way, just before we go, I, just, I can say that Happy Business Radio is now on podcast. So after the show or before the show, you can have a look at any of the podcasts on your favourite program, uh, whatever you podcast you use, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever you want to listen to. Uh, go to Happy Business Radio and look up and on our Facebook page there's a link there that you can go to and I really want to thank Ron for helping us to do this. I really appreciate Ron's help um, putting it on podcast. So thank you to listen to our sponsors. Bonacera Restaurant where you eat Italian style. Come and visit our elegant reception room for weddings, baptisms, family functions and much more with a capability of up to 100 people. Eating at Bonacera Restaurant is like emerging ourselves in the all-Italian dream. On Friday and Saturday, lots of music in our piano bar and you'll taste the fabulous specials of our Maria. At Bonacera Restaurant, fixed price includes three courses, dessert and coffee. Bookings 8379-5647. Bonasada Restaurant, 295 Glen Osmond Road, Glenunga. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Granito, Marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone benchtops to your kitchen, bathroom or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Billy. And we're proud to be hosting Sports Agenda. Your views, our opinions, every Saturday, 11am to 1pm. Solo Su, Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Se tu lo vorrai, crederai. Io lo so perché tu la fede non hai, ma se tu lo vorrai, crederai. Chissà se 
Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley, and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Okay, thank you. Thank you again to all our sponsors. Of course, we we are powered away here. And of course, even during the breaks, we are talking in the studio and, and so much good stuff comes out sometimes during the break as well as, you know, on air. But um, like I always say to anybody, if you want more information, please give me a call. Uh, the phone number here in Adelaide is 0408811567. That's my personal mobile. I'll give that out all the time. Happy for you to ring me on my mobile and I will answer it and get back to you as soon as I can. Look at our Facebook page and send us a message. Um, send me an email. Um, the details are there and we will answer every one of those calls. And, of course, uh, like Rex Buckingham has said today, very generously given us um, a copy of his books to give away at $20 each instead of $30. So you're saving um, quite a huge amount on his books. So give me a call, send me a note, and I will let you know where to get the book or how we can send it to you. So thanks very much for that. And, Rex, thank you for the great generous offer. And don't forget that uh, book price comes with an hour uh, of, of my time. Yep. So if you if you read the book and you find that in fact it's not um, as clear to you as as it might might be, uh, then you just have to give me a call or give me a Zoom and we'll talk it through with you. So one hour of my time comes with the price of the book for twenty dollars. Excellent. That's that's a very very good value. So when was the last time you worked for twenty dollars an hour? You were what eighteen, nineteen? Uh, never. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> Now, we're here is giving the book away for $20 yeah. instead of 30 mm. So, um, you know, anyway, anybody that wants to book through Radio Italia Uno uh, or through Happy Business Radio, send me an uh, email on uh, Radio Italia Uno or Happy Business Radio and we will contact you and get that book to you. Well, the book's coming out on the 10th of February. Yeah, that's okay. By the time they get it and send me an email, we'll, we'll contact them and let them know about the book. 
And, uh, of course, Matt, you were saying you had a couple of issues you wanted well, to... Well, actually, before, when I was talking, I quoted, uh, said something with Stephen, that Stephen Covey said, which was, get on other people's bandwagon, and that's actually not accurate. That was Dr. Ellen Loy McGinnis, from memory. It reminds me of something I think one of my first managers ever told me, Marty Dimitrovich. He said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that, I think, goes back to what both of you guys were saying. And the best leaders are the people that are genuinely interested in others, you know. And the best leaders want to be servants of others, you know. So go go, 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 go ahead. We invited you. I could keep talking, but we we only have you for a limited time. I've noticed that. um, The the first part of my book, it talks about my my history. And in my history, I, I actually include the names of... Uh, managers I had, mm-hmm. only they weren't managers, they were leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, I tell people in my book that uh, I was a complete dud at school. Mm-hmm. I left when I was 15, uh, I couldn't speak, I had such a profound stutter, and I had no academic background whatsoever. And I went for, uh, to apply for a job, and I can still see it, I can almost f- feel it and smell it, uh, all those years ago. And out of 32 applicants for one job, they hired me, a person who couldn't speak and had no ac- academic background. And within six weeks, my uh, uh, speech had become almost perfect. And I went back to night school and finished at the end of the year. Uh, one one, uh, uh, one um, series ahead yep. and uh, second to top. So this dud, all his life at school who couldn't speak, within six weeks of being exposed to management, who was leadership, people yep. who showed you respect, who expected you to be able to do things. And that's when I come across the the old saying, People live up to or down to your expectations. Yes. And their attitude was, I could be anything I wanted. And at school, all the thousands my parents <coughs> paid for me, every year they proved how low I was. Look, the thing is, there's a lot of examples of um, classes, big group of te- uh, students. So they, mm. they, div- they did a test the first couple of days of school and they put all the smart ones in one class mm. and all the average ones in the lower class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the teacher who was teaching the average class, went in there and said, wow, I'm so lucky this year. I have the best class. You guys have sat for the exam and you are the top class, right? And this was the the bottom class. Anyway, he told them how great they were, how good they were going to do and how he was going to take them from where they are and, you know, they're all going to get top marks all the way through. He expected nothing less than 80% plus. That whole year went through and it wasn't until the end of the year when all the awards were given you know, 95% of the kids in that class, all of them had over 80% marks, but the, in the in the school, they were the kids who got the top marks and the awards. With the other class, they said, hang on a minute, and even the, the teacher and the principal said, how come at the beginning of the year we tested all these kids and these were supposed to be the intelligent class and there's only five of your kids that got awards and yet, you know, 95 of these people got awards? And he said... No, he said, I told my class that they were this brainy class. They just believed it. That's right. You know, and then mm. the other thing about leadership, I remember reading something about you can only lead people to where they want to go. Mm. You know, and when you read it that way, then you think, I've got to make them want to go there. So in, in my book, I have a saying, uh, and that is that, that um, the, the uh, owner of the business or the CEO of the business has to be the facilitator, mm. not the solution. Mm. So don't walk in and tell people what they mm. have to do. Mm. Walk in and ask them what they think they need to do. Mm. And in order to do that, you've got to trust and respect them enough to tell them some of the background. 
and allow them to do it. That's mm. the other mm. thing, you know, because sometimes they, um, I've been into companies where they've done um, business needs analysis that I do for businesses. I go in and I do a whole business needs analysis and find out what they're doing, who they're doing, why, whatever, and their job descriptions and all that sort of stuff. 95% of the times people don't actually have a proper description of what they're supposed to do. Mm. And more importantly, the boss has never asked them. They seem to know what's happening in the business a mm. lot more than the of boss does. Of course they do. Of course they, they do. They, they, they never seem to have their finger on the pulse. And although they think they're leading the people, they're not. They're just forcing them to do stuff. Again, another another point I wanted to make. One of the benefits on, of uh, of uh, no, them knowing how much you care, like we talk about, we've talked about before, is if you're listening, they will tell you how to motivate them. Yeah. If you ask the right questions, if you're talking to them, they will tell you how to motivate them. Instead of you having to tr try all these different things, some which will be demotivational. You know, some people get excited about competition. Some people get demotivated by competition. Some yeah. people like to hear they did a great job. Other people, uh, you know, get embarrassed by that. And, you know, you need to present it a different way. Mm. You know, you can't do it in public. So it just depends on they will tell you how to motivate them if you sit there with them long enough, talk to them enough and ask the right questions. It's interesting conversation. Um, there's a thing called the 360 degrees um, uh, report where staff are asked to talk about the managers and managers about the staff. One of the challenges and all the things you've just been saying, Mark, is that in fact, if the culture is wrong and if the so-called leader has been command and control, then I've learned that you don't want to listen to me really, even when you ask me. And so I don't give you the best answer I give mm, you because you're true. bound to shoot me down. Mm. Now, I learned that back at school. I didn't, I didn't put my hand up because I was going to be wrong, so, so I wouldn't put my hand up, so I didn't participate. Mm. And in businesses, if I sit down in a, in a, an executive team, I see it in, in absolutely clear, clear ways. The people are just sitting there saying yes. Mm. In, class, you know, in class, you're right. The only people that put their hand up <coughs> is the ones that know it. You, know, you get five out of 25 putting their hand up. The other 25. 20 don't put their hand up yep. and in most cases some of them never put their hand up they learn not to put their hand yeah. up it's the fear of being wrong mm. yeah, and that's that happens at the exec table if i say something and the md says oh no that's that silly rex why would i want to put my head up against that, that situation again so i i hold back mm. next thing you know i'm being performance managed because i don't participate mm. so the people who say yes are promoted mm. They often don't have the skills, mm. and as soon as they leave the meeting and they hang around the uh, the, the water cooler, you hear the conversations. Mm. Here we go again. Mm. <laughs> this is never going to work. We used to say in the army, "The screw up, move up." Yeah. <laughs> That's what we say. I'd like to talk about. I'm not sure if this is in you. I haven't had the pleasure of reading your book yet, Rex. But I'd like to talk about. One of the things that I think is really important, if we have time, and that's the power of institutional myths. I, th I think that's uh, key to leadership and key to success in business is the the power of institutional myths. What you need to, what business owners need to do, like we talked about before, is have a vision, and then have uh, an institutional myth in place which everybody can buy into. And you, when you're interviewing people, you're looking for people that aren't just giving lip service to it, but believe it. And in different situate in different companies, the, the myths are different, but we're the best because blank, you know, we're the best at blank, you know? So at one company like Hewlett Packard, it might be innovation. 
You know, at IBM, it might be quality, but you either buy into this myth, you know, which becomes a reality. It starts out as a myth, but it becomes a reality or you leave and you form a common cause with your comrades in arms. And that's how you drive your business forward. And that's how everybody feels a part of something bigger than themselves. So I, I, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on, on the, po- and, and, and we can okay. even, you can go around the world and do this. I mean, why, I mean, you guys will start snickering and laughing, but why does a, a, is America been a force in the world? Because we have an institutional myth that started during manifest destiny in the 1840s that we were chosen to, for greatness. And we believe it. Now, you guys don't like to hear that. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, you think you're great and you suck and blah, blah, whatever. But the reality is, is that that is something that Americans buy into. You're right. And that's why we've had the success that we've had. You're exactly right. And And, and the reason, and and it's eroding now, and that's why, one of the reasons why China's rising. Because our people have been, well, you don't want me to get into that. But but reality, but, but that's, it's the same in companies. And it's the same in families. I believe that. I believe that very much. I believe that like football clubs, you know, basketball clubs, netball clubs, all these sporting clubs, they have contracts with their players. I think they should have a six-month or one-year contract maximum to start with and make sure that the person that comes in is going to fit with their culture, is going to fit with their uh, philosophy, you know. And even the uh, managers and stuff like that, they come from other um, indoctrinated by a way of thinking at a university or wherever and then – I remember when I first left school, high school and oh, I was at high school and I was, I was listening to the principal say a speech at the end of the year and he's saying to the people that were leaving, he says, I want to address the, the, the year 10s and 12s, you know, 11, 10s and 12s who are leaving this year. He said, everything you've learned at school, you'll find that when you go out there, you know nothing and you'll learn more out there than what you've ever learned at school. When I did my apprenticeship and, and, and graduated you know, in engineering and stuff like that, the same thing, the same speech. The guy there said, look, you guys have learned a lot, but when you leave here, you know, and then you go and work for another company and, you know, travel around the world or whatever, we'll welcome you back with open arms. He says, because we've taught you the way we want to teach you. And he said, you'll go out there and learn a lot of new stuff. So what you bring back, we will welcome you from open arms. He said, any one of you has guaranteed a job back here, you know. And I thought, wow, that's good to know. Mm. You know, it just made me feel great knowing that doesn't matter what I did, I could always go back and get a job at the same company if I wanted it. Now, that to me is not taught enough, you know, it's not encouraged enough. It's not, you know, I think that people in Australia and now is probably a really good time because people realise how lucky we are in Australia, especially in South Australia, how lucky we are, the best place to live. You know, the 10 top countries in the world, you know, the most livable city. We, we've got all the benefits of the, the best beaches, the best vineyards, the best, you know, places. So people don't know that, you know. We want to make sure people do know that. And, like, leadership is so important. Business is so important. And, Rex, I'm looking forward to getting your book. I'm looking forward to reading it because I think there will be a lot of information there. Like you mentioned, yeah, it looks like – it sounds like I've read the book. I might know this stuff, but I've got to rethink it again, you know, look at it again. Friends of mine have been reading books and they said, oh, no, I can't read that. This sort of crap, it didn't happen. Then later on I've been coaching them. Now they've read the book again and said, you know what, that chapter wasn't in the book when I read it the first time. Mm. Have you found that as well, Rex? Uh, That's a a really big question. We're almost up to uh, commercial time again. So I'd like to tackle that one when we come back and also the conversation about the the institutional myth. 
Um, I, I well, might we'll, want, we'll have to do that next time. Next time. Next time. I, I time's want, up altogether. I wanted, I wanted to argue about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, actually, it, it, I believe them. It's true. They believe it. That's the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, so, it's so true and it's so not true. Yep. But it's it's it, to me it's a, a it's a glass of wine conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, we'll come back for that glass of wine conversation after your book's out. Then we'll we'll do that in February. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. We'll just go to a commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back with Rex. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with a Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Business with Peter Salerno. Okay, thank you very much and thank you. Please support our sponsors and if you want to advertise on a Radio Italia Uno anytime, please get in touch with us or be a sponsor for Happy Business Radio. More than happy to have you as a sponsor. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going back to Rex Buckingham. Thank you, Rex, for being with us today, um, talking about your book that's coming out in February. And again, if anybody wants a copy of the book, Please get in touch with me through Happy Business Radio or. Can we get the name of the book again, real quick? No, because it hasn't been uh, worked out yet. We're we're working on a couple of names. Basically, the book's about leadership, about uh, personal growth, uh, how to grow your business, how to grow yourself, and and really in private as well as in business. So, Rex, you were saying before you wanted to come back and talk to Matt. Well, about the myth, or Matt was talking about the institutional myth. Yes. Now, I'm a big believer in that. And I'm a big disbeliever in that. And so not long ago, the Wall Street Journal did a big survey, one of the biggest surveys it's done, mm-hmm. about people in business mm-hmm. and uh, identifying how connected they were to their work. And they found that 70% of people were less yeah. connected to their work than would be anywhere near ideal. Mm-hmm. But 40% of that 70% were so disconnected they would actually sabotage the business. Yes, I buy so, that. So and those, they do. So those I people, that. people running around with the myth, you, you, would, you would have all heard the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. 80% of the people mm-hmm. will uh, uh, be responsible for uh, less work. 20% will do most of the work. Mm-hmm. So most of the people running around talking about the myth are the 20% who are recognised, who are asked to go to meetings. The 80% of people who don't get asked to go to meetings because they don't always agree, they can be a little bit disruptive, they're walking around working out how to disrupt the business. And that's in the negative disruption way of business. And that might just be Sally down on the switchboard who halfway through a conversation cuts you off. I completely buy into that, yeah. but yeah. but my but my my point is, you want to tie as many people in as you can, and the businesses that tie the most people in have the best vision, and it's like Sun Tzu said, you know, the the army that wins the battle 
you know, well, I, I, I misquoted, but the point is that the army that wins the battle is the army that is the, be- is the army that already won. But the point I was trying to make is the army, the Sun Tzu says the, the, the army that's most successful, and I'm bastardizing this, is where the private understands the orders from the general. You know, where the whole team is on the same page. Well, basically. you can lead them, like I said earlier, you, you only can lead them to where they well, want that, to That's go. why you got to pick when, people that when actually say, believe in it before, yep. you know, whose mommy and daddy raised them to believe those things. Yes. So, so now you we're know. talking about core values as much yes. as anything else. Yes. Yes. And core values is one of the biggest misnomers ever going. I mm. mean, we all stand up and say, well, we have respect and we have truth and we have honesty it's just nonsense well i, when I, I agree with that too when i'm working, the when I'm working with a company i say okay let's do core values and someone will say wanting to be seen to be part of it oh how about uh, honesty okay so let's talk about making honesty observable mm. not a word what does honesty mean to you in regards to you and me as i'm the owner well, honesty means if i say something you'll give me a chance to finish off the conversation and if you don't agree with me, you'll ask me a question to help me understand what I was saying because you honestly and genuinely want to hear me. Yes. Mm. But what, what you often say to me is, no, that wouldn't work. We can't do that. Yep. We tried mm. it before. You're mm. telling me how we're not to do yeah. it instead of how we can. And, well, that's and, and then you wonder why I can't be part of, of the vision of the we are the best because you can tell me every day how I'm not the best. Well, that's important for the boss to be be recharged so he has the patience to listen instead of I got 10 other problems, I don't have time for this crap. Yeah. Matt, you know, you've got to you've got to listen and 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 you know, respect the people because you're they're your biggest investment. And that's absolutely of course correct. The challenge is what do I do with me and my habit conversations my pattern conversations mm. to change how i talk to you absolutely exactly. and almost all of my book will help you do that if i were Excellent. in church i'd say amen brother <laughs> amen brother <laughs> look i think maybe throwing a hallelujah after this we're all looking forward to grabbing the book and i'm sure there's a lot of um information like i said we know this stuff it's about like you just said as well about putting it into practice matt said the same thing it's about listening it's about being open to the conversation because Every time I've been in a business where I've said, look, what about trying this or doing that? Oh, we've done that. We've done that. Didn't work. Well, what didn't work? What part of it worked? What part of it didn't work? Let's analyse what happened. If that's such a good idea and it's worked in this company, why is it not working in your company or in your business or your business? Now, that's where the honesty and the openness comes. And that's the clarity of doing a gap analysis. Yep. What do we need to look at to make the difference? Yep. And how, how and, can we do it? And so, again, I, I, one of the things I think Rex is, points Rex is making is time is what's important. You've got to have the time for your people. Well, in, fact, in fact, I, and I remember reading once that you spell love, T-I-M-E. Yeah, got to show them love. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you again for listening to our program. It's been a pleasure presenting it to you. Rex, thank you for coming in. Thanks for asking me, Peter. No, it's a pleasure. And uh, Radio Italia Uno, Matt. Thanks for coming in again. Thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you all, hearing you all, and being with you all next week. And until then, thank you, good morning, good night, and good evening to everybody else. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. 